the Pittsburgh Steelers have done, well, probably more than we expected. And they have quietly started to put together a phenomenal offseason. So what's left? And at what positions can the Steelers still do better before the start of the summer? What's going on, everybody? I'm Noah Strackbine. Thank you for jumping on to Steelers To Go, your daily to-go cup of Pittsburgh Steelers news and analysis. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. And today, we're talking about where the Pittsburgh Steelers are and where they can be by the beginning of the summer. So far, I would say the Steelers' offseason has been a success. The team has filled needs. They've certainly upgraded at a number of positions, including some very important ones like offensive line. And I would say, in my opinion, at least right now, inside linebacker, which were two very, very pressing needs. On top of that, they added a cornerback with a little bit more splash and the ability to mentor whoever they bring in that's younger. They have re-signed their defensive end that they feel very comfortable with with the future. They have new safeties in place, which say what you will about Terrell Edmonds, but I believe that this offers them probably the same amount of potential in 2023 as they had in 2022 and maybe a little bit more because we don't know what Keanu Neal can do or what DeMonte KZ can do as a full-time starter. On top of that, they have continued to look at more free agents and their top 30 visits have told us a story. So where do they go from here? Let's start with what they've done so far. As of now, they have signed Patrick Peterson, Nate Herbig, Cole Holcomb, Alandon Roberts, Isaac Siamalu, Keanu Neal, and Breeden Fehoko. They've re-signed Larry Ogunjobi and DeMonte KZ, and they've brought in a ton of players for top 30 visits. According to Over the Cap, the Steelers have approximately $10.7 million in available cap space. This does not include Neal or Fehoko's new deals so at this point you have to expect that that's lower but not significantly lower they probably have to do a little bit more rearranging and clear a little bit more cap space because they're going to make at least one more signing probably two more signings at minimum and on top of that they have to have 10 million dollars available for their draft picks so expect another move there but no cuts just some restructures and then expect them to continue. So where do they go? What's happening next? You run down the list of needs, and this is what the Pittsburgh Steelers are likely looking at at this moment. They still need a young cornerback. Patrick Peterson might be a phenomenal future Hall of Famer, one of the greatest ever. A dude is an absolute icon and a legend on the football field. But the Steelers know that at 33 years old, they're getting two seasons out of him, and then he's gone. And they need somebody to come in now to learn from a future Hall of Famer. And in this NFL draft class, they fully understand how impactful grabbing a good rookie is early in the draft. They need a young corner. They also need another nose tackle because Montrevious Adams and Breeden Fajoko, yeah, they're good players, quality players to have. Both of them will be given an opportunity to start But if the Steelers walk into the season and say these are our nose tackles, they're leaving a major void on the football field, and they're not even trying to fill it through the NFL draft. Nose tackle is most certainly still on the list. Outside linebacker, we're talking about Bud Dupree, and everybody's waiting for Bud Dupree, but so far there are no news, and there is no signs that Bud Dupree is headed to Pittsburgh. 
He came in for a visit. Things have gone radio silent ever since. You don't know if this is the right fit for him. You don't know if the Pittsburgh Steelers are willing to offer him enough money. You have to imagine that the Pittsburgh Steelers see this as an opportunity for a cheap backup inside linebacker that they can trust. Bud Dupree looks at this as possibly the last time he could earn a big contract or at least play for a team to set himself up for a big contract next season. Those are not equal sides in this negotiation. The Steelers are probably going to have to give up a little bit more or Bud Dupree is going to have to come down and I'm all for hometown visits once in a while, but not in this situation. They still need to add a second slot wide receiver because I believe that they want to match somebody with Calvin Austin, and they've been very open that they want, quote-unquote, their style of slot wide receiver. You could imagine that that's a big guy, a Jonathan Mingo-type, Juju Smith-Schuster-like football player. They've done their homework. I see them adding another one, if not two, and we'll get to that in a second. They need a slot cornerback because Arthur Millette is Arthur Millette. And look at, I like Arthur Millette. I think he's a thumper. I think the dude gives 110% on every single play, but he's a liability in coverage and he's been a liability in coverage and the Steelers need to find somebody so that they could feel comfortable with their cornerback set. There's no need or no reason to upgrade everywhere else in your secondary and then leave your slot corner vulnerable for everybody to take advantage of. It's just not a smart priority. And in a team that is devoted to upgrading their defense this offseason, they have to see that that's still a need. Next is defensive tackle. Obviously, Isaiah Loudermilk should have turned into something, but so far he has not. Entering year three, you have to imagine that they bring somebody else in. The question is where and when. They need another outside wide receiver because as of now, there's nobody to come off the bench. Deontay Johnson and George Pickens are playing every single snap of a football game, and that's just not going to work. You need somebody else to come in, be able to provide some relief. We'll get to options here in a second on who that could be. And then for those of you who are still a believer, left tackle. The Steelers, well, they might have some faith in Dan Moore Jr. and the development of him heading into year three. But we're heading into year three, and we just talked about how Isaiah Loudermilk has been physically removed from playing in a football game for this team. Why is Dan Moore Jr. given more upside or more leeway? And I think it's because there's no Cam Hayward sitting in front of him. Well, maybe there should be some competition. The next is how do you fill these needs? How do the Pittsburgh Steelers round out an already good offseason and make it a phenomenal offseason? and solidify that they are here to make noise in 2023. Because I've said this before, and I'll say it again. The Pittsburgh Steelers window opens this season. It doesn't mean that they're going to win a Super Bowl in 2023, but it means that for the next three years, the Pittsburgh Steelers are, quote-unquote, a Super Bowl team. They need to make sure that their roster is Super Bowl quality. Mike Tomlin knows that. Omar Khan knows that. Anybody within the Pittsburgh Steelers organization that has followed the trend of football for the last decade understands what position the Pittsburgh Steelers are in and also understands that the Pittsburgh Steelers are in a very rare situation where right now they have an opportunity and they haven't been in one in 20 plus years. Now is the time. The last time they were in this opportunity, they won a Super Bowl. So how do they fill the needs? To get a young cornerback, I think that's easy, and I think that's the NFL draft. The Steelers have already brought in a bunch of names for pre-draft visits. I expect more of them to to come. 
a first or second round corner is obviously going to be on their list. I would be very surprised if they passed one up at 17, and I would be extremely surprised if they passed one up at 32. But I highly anticipate one of those two picks is a cornerback and one that will make a lot of noise as a rookie and moving forward with some huge upside. And don't be surprised if they double dip, but we'll get to that in a second. Nose tackle. That again goes to the NFL draft. I have a hard time believing that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to look at a very good defensive tackle, defensive line group in this draft class and say, nah, we're good. We have two already. The Steelers know that if they bring in somebody who has Javon Hargrave upside, that their defensive line immediately gets 10 times better. They've been looking for that guy. They haven't found an answer since Tyson Alualu got injured and then declined because of his age. They need somebody new, young, refreshing, and dominant. And I think the NFL draft offers a ton of that, and I think they understand that fully. If Bud Dupree is not the answer at outside linebacker, who is? I think that's the NFL draft as well. I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers, if they realize that Bud Dupree is not their guy, maybe they look at free agency. And there's still names out there, and there are going to be more names out there because as the summer goes on, guys get cut. There's always that one surprising name that you go, oh, that guy's available. Or, oh, the Steelers can trade for that guy. A Malik Reed, but probably better. Somebody that you could take a chance on. But I still think that if Bud Dupree does not end up in Pittsburgh, and if that deal is squashed before April 27th, that the Steelers look at the NFL draft and say there are, is a ton of talent here and our ability to find somebody to come off the bench and really be a game changer for us and be able to fill that role is significant. Even if it's not in the first round, even if it's not in the second round, and even if it's not in the third round, you could find somebody in the fourth round and say, hey, we feel confident that you could come off the bench and play behind TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith and possibly start into a stepping into a starting role if need be. A second slot wide receiver. The Steelers have said straight to our faces, they want their guy. Well, their guy doesn't really come in the NFL draft. Outside of Jonathan Mingo, like I said, there aren't many big-bodied guys who bring a bunch of upside. But I would highlight Jonathan Mingo or another wide receiver in this draft class, and I would say that the Steelers look at this and just say that the talent is there in the middle rounds and it's worth drafting. And even if we don't get a 6'2", 225-pound guy who runs a 4'4", we could still get somebody to come in here, play the slot, and be a very electric player for us, even if he doesn't fit, quote-unquote, our mold. I believe that the Steelers are looking for a different styled slot because they want to match somebody with Calvin Austin. But in today's age of the NFL, you could get two very speedy guys on the inside and make that into absolute fireworks anytime they're both on the field. The Steelers know that. Omar Khan knows that. Everybody knows that. And if that opportunity presents itself, they'll take advantage of it. Now, if their guy is there and they see a big body like Jonathan Mingo available in the fourth and they say, that's our guy, we have him highlighted 10 times on our big board. Well, maybe they stick to their guns and they stick with a Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster type guy and they toss him in the slot with Calvin Austin. Next is a slot corner. And I think this one, as crazy as it sounds, also comes from the NFL draft. And I know we're running out of draft picks here, but I think this one's a later pick. This is a seventh rounder. This is a guy that develops. 
This is a guy that comes in here and the Steelers say, hey, in 2023, we have to get unique. We have to be able to move guys into the slot to cover our ground. Arthur Millette's got to play better. We have to find a way to make our defense work while this guy is developing. But Mike Hilton came in here as an undrafted guy and made a made a name for himself, made some noise right from the jump. And I think that anybody playing the slot, if you play physical enough, has that same ability. I don't know if the Steelers find that in seventh round. It is a complete crap shoot out there. You are just grabbing whoever's available. You have no idea what happens that late in the NFL draft. If the Steelers see somebody that they believe is worth grabbing, they will grab him. And I think that that's how they fill the slot corner. There is an alternative, and I will bring this up as well. I think that if Pittsburgh has had their eyes, and I said this last week when I talked about how they already knew that they were going to sign a thumper of a safety to play with DeMonte KZ and that they have been bringing in other guys to tell us otherwise, maybe they do go after a guy like Brian Branch if he somehow slides to them at a pick that they see they cannot pass this guy up. Maybe they do get a slot corner earlier because he's available and they say we cannot pass this guy up. But if they stick to a plan that I believe many people see them going through, and that is a star outside corner or a left tackle or whoever early, and then they find themselves in a in a situation where there is nobody like a Brian Branch available, nobody like a Jamie Robinson available early, then maybe they wait it out. And I could see the draft moving in the favor of them having to wait just because of who needs what outside of Pittsburgh. We'll finally get away from the NFL draft and talk about defensive tackle depth because the Steelers still need a big man, but I have a hard time believing that they're going to find another one in the draft on top of a nose tackle, on top of a corner, on top of an outside linebacker, on top of a second slot wide receiver, and an outside corner. Too many options, too many names, too many needs. The Steelers go and they dip into the late free agency, the post-NFL draft free agency, the possibly middle of the summer free agency after they see what Isaiah Loudermilk can do. And they grab a veteran that could come in here and doesn't need to learn anything, just needs to come off the bench and make, make noise and wreak havoc and be a veteran presence like they've been on any other team that they have signed with the last two or three years. Look for somebody over the age of 30 or just about the age of 30, 28 to 30 years old. Somebody who has been in the league, knows what's going on, doesn't need a ton of prep, is here to play defensive tackle off the bench. Cam Hayward plays a lot of snaps, but he's getting old. And every year we say he's getting old and he's getting older. You got to take some precautions and the Pittsburgh Steelers see that. And I think that they grab a veteran and I think it comes after the NFL draft. The final two positions, outside wide receiver, I believe is the same way. They get a a veteran after the NFL draft. They'll obviously evaluate their situation during the draft, but I have a hard time believing that they're going to double dip at wide receiver, a position that offers no serious upside to them in this NFL draft. They just need somebody to come off the bench. Miles Boykin is obviously a name. I've been hearing that they're looking for that big-bodied outside guy who works well over the middle but could also be a deep threat. Miles Boykin fills that those shoes. I believe that a number of other free agents do as well, and that's where the Steelers will look. They'll obviously wait. They're not going to go and get somebody before the NFL draft. They're going to see what their options are first, 
and then they'll move forward from there. Look for free agency to happen after the draft and for maybe a little bit of an exciting name to come to Pittsburgh right before the summer. And then left tackle, because I know that everybody listening, at least a good chunk of you listening, is not a fan of Dan Moore Jr. and is waiting for the Pittsburgh Steelers to say, hey, look it, we're trying to win a Super Bowl and our left tackle has failed us. It's time to move on. In Derek Bell's latest mock draft, he has the Steelers taking Dewan Jones at pick 17. He doesn't know if Dewan Jones turns into a left tackle. He doesn't believe that he has the skill set to, but maybe the Steelers see it differently. And I think the Steelers approach this entire draft the same way. If there's not one at 17, there's got to be one at 32. And by 32, the Steelers likely have their left tackle. It doesn't mean that he's their guy and... You know, he's going to come in here and immediately start over Dan Moore Jr., but he's somebody to come in here just like they did for the rest of the offensive line and say, look it, there's names here, buddy. This is not just your job anymore. You need to earn it because Dan Moore has never had to compete for a starting job. He has walked into the NFL and he has pretty much been the only stealer in the last five years, at least that I remember, who has come to training camp every year of his NFL career. And I get it's only been two, but that's a lot of years and has never had to prove anything and has been given a starting job. That just doesn't follow the Steelers handbook of how they do things. I bring this up all the time, but Kevin Dotson had to compete with Rashad Coward for an entire summer just to prove that he is the starting left guard Two years, and he was in his second year in the NFL. He was clearly the starter. Rashad Coward didn't even end up making the team. But the Steelers looked at Kevin Dotson and said, you have to prove it just like everybody else has to prove it. Nothing is giving to anyone except for Dan Moore Jr., who has been given the world, and the Steelers do not look to change things. The NFL draft offers too many opportunities for the Steelers to add competition. And they are not going to ignore competition at a position that has been very, very bad for them the last two years. So for those of you getting excited about the positions that they're going to add and are worried that they're going to leave left tackle still on the board, I wouldn't worry too much about it because I see left tackle getting filled. I don't know if it's a starter in 2023, but I see them bringing in somebody to kind of push Dan Moore and see if he really is capable of being that guy long-term. 